What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast broadcasting live from an island somewhere in quarantine. And uh, this one is a special episode because it feels like it's the first time we've had substantial news in a while. Um, Normally, I, I try to get away from just news story talk, news story talk. I used to do a little bit of that when I started out. But this became more of an interview show, as you all know, if you have been listening or if this is your first time, I try to get particular Star Wars perspectives, people's origin stories, how they decided to engage with the galaxy far, far away. But this time, we can kind of have both, because the announcement that we got ties in directly with a particular point of passion for our guest. I went up to the, the tower on top, of the, uh, on top of the mountain, you see in the show logo, broadcasting from Octo, and I sent a transmission off to the Force Center Star Destroyer and asked Ken Knapsack, Ken, can you come on and talk about the brand new show announcement? And here he is beaming in from his quarantine. It's Ken Knapsack from Force Center, the Knapsack Files, Box Score Heroes, and so many other shows. What's going on, man? Oh, man, too many shows. But I, we love getting messages from you. I love you. I want to say publicly, man, I just love your contributions and your phone calls to Casterly Talk. We got to get you on that show properly soon. Uh, but... Uh, Love talking with you, and uh, I was worried for a second that you were that you were going to say uh, on the island you went up to the top of the tower to find the grumpy old man with the beard to pull him <laughs> down. Um, but both would work. Both would work. The superstar destroyer, Force Center, and the and the grumpy man at the top of the mountain. But happy to be here to dive into this uh, pretty interesting, potentially juicy story. Absolutely, and and both are true. I mean, sometimes you know you go on shore leave, you hang out on on your <laughs> island. I know with with muted muted words on Twitter. Oh. So it's a great island. Yeah, you're hanging out over there. It's like in that deleted scene from Last Jedi where it's, <laughs> oh, who, who's that coming over here? Are they raiders? No, it's just more Lanai coming to party. They're yeah. coming from their little area. That's what this is. Um, so again, like we said, Ken has uh, opinions and, and passions and deep dives on all manner of things, be it Game of Thrones, uh, baseball, just general radio broadcasting and everything. But in terms of Star Wars, He's been doing Force Center for a long time, and he's also the author of Why We Love Star Wars. And if you go back to an early episode of this show, we actually did do a conversation on it when the book was published, so you can go back and find out a little bit more about Ken's background there. But there is something that Ken does talk about on Force Center, which we will get into, which is the 19 years between the Revenge of the Sith era, Purge, Fall of the Jedi Knights, all the way up to, you know, Really, the Battle of Scarif would probably be the most accurate uh, moment to choose uh, as the end point to signify that. Um, and that is the what you have called the boot of the Empire era. And now with the announcement of the Bad Batch, we're about to get another huge installment in that. So what was your reaction uh, at this, you know, at the time of this recording? Uh, it was just a few days ago. Mm. Uh, so, so how are you feeling? I am so glad you're framing our conversation around this story in this way, because my initial reaction, and, and there's been for a while, obviously, as a lot of people know, and if, if you listen to, to Octo Radio, I'm going to assume you, you're someone who's really, really passionate about a lot of things in Star Wars on a, on a deeper level. The Bad Batch was an, an older uh, arc that was in the original uh, run of the Clone Wars that never got to air, right? So we saw some un- unfinished versions of it. So the Bad Batch as characters have been sitting around for a while and there'd always kind of been these talks about continuing that kind of story. So when it finally became official, which is, 
you know, I, until it's on StarWars.com or Andy Gutierrez has announced it on the Star Wars show or Cardiff Carboni, the, you know, I don't, I don't take anything as true until it's there. And then even then, you have to wait till it makes air, right? <laughs> or hits a the theater. Uh, I wasn't as excited, uh, Alden. I, I wasn't. I, I love those characters. I love that arc. I love season seven of Clone Wars. And it makes sense to me. I think there's a story there. Um, but there was something about it. I was just like, eh, okay, sure, you know, fine. But then, when it was, well, it's after the fall mm-hmm. and it's after Order 66 and it's after a safe and secure society has emerged. And that's where I was like, okay, you have a lot of potential here. Uh, and Filoni's just executive producing. He gets a lot of credit as he should, but there's a lot of cool people behind this um, show. Uh, Jennifer Corbett going to be the head writer, Athena Portillo pr- producing, uh, uh, who's just done some great work, Clone Wars and Resistance and, and Rebels. So, I'm like, okay, now, now you got me. Now I'm going to follow. Because uh, first of all, you, you're like me, Elton. Any Star Wars story. All those jokes back in the day of, oh, what are they going to do a story about the gonk droid? Sure. I'm I'll there. watch it. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy a ticket. Yeah. Mouse droid, a Star Wars story? Got it. Make all your jokes. I'll watch it because I love Star Wars. So, yes, I'm excited about that potential. The beginning of that, that era, which we already got little things here and there, comics, books, everything, to actually get it. And I'm on board for that. Yeah, and I completely agree that it was the, you know, I, I, I work in, in radio as you used to, and you know that life, so I take a lot of naps, and I took <laughs> my nap that day uh, post-show, and I woke up, and I've got text messages and Facebook messages, and I just see the, the cool-looking, you know, beat-up gray logo, the Bad Batch, and I thought, cool. I mean, like, there's absolutely no way I skip this. Like, I'm going to be up at midnight watching it, you know, or 3 a.m. whenever it comes on Disney Plus, but... I had that same moment too of like, oh, we're going to, we have the animation budget and we're going to use it on the, that's fine. Okay, cool. And then I read the, the press release and it was the, the after Order 66. And that's when it just flooded into my mind, these possibilities and these potential themes. And so I guess we sort of have to start with, with the characters. Uh, you know, the A-team comparisons come out immediately. Um, you, you know, in today's world, uh, especially in geek culture, the word, uh, mercenary Merc, you know, your, your Deadpool gets thrown around, you know, especially with the, the comedic element of someone like, uh, records, things like that. Um, where did you, uh, fall on their adventures thus far on that four episode arc? It was, it was a lot of fun. And there was a lot of comparisons to, I don't know, eighties cartoons, GI Joe stuff, a team, uh, not a cartoon live action. Uh, thank God with Mr. T just, uh, lighten up my life as a youngster. Though I like, <laughs> I liked Hannibal and face as well. Um, so I was in on, in on it and there's some great lessons to be pulled from these clones who are, uh, this batch 99 who aren't correct, right? They're not the perfect batch. And so therefore they get their own personalities and what that does to the other clones, Echo, Rex, all those kind of relationships. That was great stuff. Uh, and, and just also fun Star Wars adventure and fighting. And I like Star Wars fighting. I like my deep themes, but I also like my fighting in Star Wars. And, it, and, and that was a lot of fun for me to watch. So uh, I, I, again, it makes sense that you could do something with these characters. And, and I liked what I saw. Uh, I still, a wrecker is kind of my guy. So I'm excited for more wrecker, excited for a big wrecker figure, maybe down the line too. Oh, please. Yes. Yeah, six inch black series, maybe six and a half for him. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. Get, get that, that scale correct. Like they're doing for Zeb. Um, yeah. So that, that would definitely be exciting for me. It's, it's definitely tech for a, a mm-hmm. s- silly reason, but a reason that means a lot to me, which is that he has glasses and uh, <laughs> Dr. Pershing doesn't do it for me. 
Yeah. Uh, neither does the controller guy in Rebels. I forget the guy's name. Uh, but <laughs> the, the, uh, the Josh Gad player. Yeah, the Josh Gad character. Remember, mm-hmm. as a kid, I would always tell my mom that I would struggle as a child to pick a Halloween costume because none of the characters and the things that I liked mm-hmm. had glasses. And I was obsessed with accuracy. That's right. how you knew I was a behind the scenes, like Empire of Dreams <laughs> kid and stuff. Because yeah. I was like, I don't look like that. And I don't want to be right. Bruce Banner or Clark Kent. I want to be the Hulk or Superman. But Tech has glasses. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, I, I love that. Yeah. What's interesting just about the, um, the Bad Batch, you know, you talked about their differences and the fact that they were not made correctly. And 99, obviously being the nod to uh, the original 99, who mm-hmm. you know, had the, the accelerated aging go way too far and was an elderly man. Uh, it's interesting thinking about it in terms of the context of Order 66, because what made the Bad Batch interesting as a story con- conceit is that they were four individuals, now five, that went wrong when compared to the clone army, the Grand Army of the Republic. You're not like them. You're not what you were supposed to be in terms of them. Mm. The big them is gone. The, mm. the Grand Army is gone. And at the time of this, maybe they are stormtroopers. I mean, that we got a little bit of that uh, mm. in the vague Vader flash forward. We're not sure when it took place. Right. But they were phased out within that early Imperial era. And mm. now it's like you're really now just four guys. There's yeah. plenty of you know, great snipers out there. Uh, there's plenty of people that can track. There's plenty of people that have super strength in the Star Wars universe to varying degrees. So now you you really are just four mercs. And so talk a little bit about how you think that they could play into this particular era. Like where does your brain go in terms of, I mean, mm. it's, it's, it's really a, a wild west of misfits with Saw and Enfys and all these people. Yeah, and how could they maybe maybe factor into that kind of stuff uh you know does a character like ahsoka show up that's a question everyone asks in every star wars show and as they should because i love that character and i know a lot of people do i'd love to see more of her but in terms of the bad batch specifically those those guys uh what four now well five if you count echo right so um that's a great team i love taking on what you talked about uh, they they were told they were wrong for being different and in that, they find who they are as individuals and, and form their own opinions, thoughts, and bring their own experiences uh, to the table and how they look, the glasses. I love that angle. Representation's important, but even down to the glasses. And, and, <laughs> and uh, that, that, that stuff works, man. I love hearing that stuff. Um, so do they, do they switch over right away? Do they go down and get the uniforms for the stormtroopers? You know, all right, let's give it a try. No, this, you know. This isn't working, and do they slowly come to terms? Do they are there people around them who are like, yeah, no, hey, it's a living. Um, I'll go. I'll wear the stormtrooper outfit. And do they, and do they come to some kind of realization that right away that this doesn't feel right, or that they don't belong in this, and therefore their their strength, which has already been determined to be their individuality, now becomes even more important, and how they use that, or do they remain mercenaries? Because the press release did it. Did, I don't know the wording exactly off the top of my head, Alden, but it like it's kind of seemed like they're going on, they're doing things, right? They're yeah. not just sitting around a campfire going, this doesn't seem right. I guess they're going to be doing jobs and yeah. and maybe, I mean, and just that that conceit, you know, is, is that that template for the story is also something that I, I wanted to touch on. Yeah. In terms of like you're saying, they're not just going to be sitting around; they're going to be doing things. Uh, there's a trend with Lucasfilm animation where the Clone Wars became so much more than the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And Rebels was not a show about the Rebel Alliance. It was the show about 
how the Rebel Alliance came together, but also about Jedi, but also about whole new cultures like, you know, the Lasat. Uh, mm-hmm. It was also about Mandalorians. And then Resistance ended up probably being the most different than the pitch we mm-hmm. got, where they pitched it as, this is the Resistance show that's going to be inspired by Robotech and flying. And then right. it was such a different thing in a good way. Um, yep. This mm-hmm. title and what it means in terms of what they're doing, I, I think with that trend that this could not necessarily just be about these five guys that thematically uh, I did a, a, I I love my long star Wars Twitter threads, uh, which Ken will never see because he muted all the words, but the uh, actually through other things. Now I can see through other, my other uh, like morning drive media and everything. I I, I saw your last Jedi one. Good stuff, man. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Thanks. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I was, I was musing about the, the bad batch a couple nights ago at the time of this recording. And thinking about how isn't everyone that didn't just fall in line with what Sheev and Tarkin wanted the Bad Batch, like, mm-hmm. and that sounds like so mm-hmm. like the real Stranger Things are the friends we made along the way. Like that sounds like <laughs> such a meme statement, but but really like Rex, Ahsoka, Saw Gerrera, yeah, uh, Sandula, all yeah. of you guys, you're all freaks now. It's not just these five, you know, like you yeah. are all. I mean. A young Han being a scrum rat at this at this time period, mm-hmm. everybody sort of falls in line with that. So, do, do you think that I'm on to something here? I'm, I'm mostly just pitching you at this point a thesis. No, no, this is uh, the stuff I love talking about, and this is why I uh, I love what you're doing here in October Radio, Alden. It's uh, we we always say you've heard me say too much, but it gets annoying. Star Wars doesn't want you to ask how or what it, it wants you to ask why. Why would this show be around? What what's the answer there? Uh, why the Bad Batch? I think you're tapping into something. Uh, that's how it works, right? Uh, who are the real Walking Dead? Is it the humans or the zombies? These yeah, the exactly. No, right? And that—that's what this is. Um, these kind of things are about. And and again, uh, we always say Filoni because it, it's, it's he's the head, of, he's the man of the cowboy hat, and and again deserves all of it. I'm never knocking the guy, but there's a lot of people ar- around him who have uh, made these stories. Um, so powerful and vibrant and important. Uh, Henry Gilroy with Rebels is one of them. I was fortunate if I was at a birthday party and ran into him and I didn't know. I didn't know it was him. And then so, uh, my friend Jen Murrow, who's her, her party, wrote Forces of Destiny. She's like, oh, that's Henry Gilroy. And I was just like holding my drink. I was like, ah, <laughs> what you've done on Rebels is amazing. And so there's a wonderful team behind it that's going to do exactly what you just said, which is ask why. And I, you know, I think you you could very well be onto something. It it it, it, it It's... An emotional prediction, right? Emotional canon, that stuff we mm-hmm. love. Yeah, at this point, you're all the bad batch. That's that's a great sales pitch, buddy. Like, and, and can we see the transition and can we see how things start to grow where I don't necessarily think it's like, I don't think we're going to be around a campfire on one of their missions and, and someone's going to be like, you know, what if we rebel? Should we form a rebel alliance? Like, I don't think that's going to be it. It's going to be the early stages of all these people now finding themselves on the outside looking in and maybe they were used to be on the inside in the Republic or fighting. And that's what a switch. That's why we love Dooku, right? There's a layer there of, well, he's definitely bad. He's definitely Sith, but he also started separatist because he had some real issues with the Republic that we later discovered probably weren't too far from being somewhat correct. Right. Always from a point of view in star Wars, but, uh, and I never want to condone, some of the decisions Dooku made. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but you can play with that now. And now if, if these guys are going around and they're running into 
uh, a, a champ Syndulla and they're running into a Saw Gerrera, one of my favorite characters. If they're running into a young Infus Nest. I'm never going to not pitch Infus Nest to be in some of these stories. Uh, imagine, imagine being on Karelia and running into a young Kira and Han Solo. Or Han at the time. Han Smith. Um, that's fascinating stuff. You can start to see what's happening through their eyes and what that means. Will it get that deep? Yeah, it's potential. Yeah, potentially could. Or it could just be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, shooting up, but Star Wars is never just what it is. So long, long-winded answer to you. I apologize, but I think you're onto something big there. No, a- absolutely. And long-winded answers. I mean, you know, you do two-hour shows. I do, I do one, one and a half-hour shows, and things like that. I mean, that that's where it takes you. You know, you yeah. end up on these these rabbit holes of thought because they've invited you to go that way. I mean, I remember, you know, walking in my local mall, passing the Disney store, and seeing the first Rebels poster seeing, you know, Ezra's laser slingshot and thinking, oh, are these guys, like, what, are they going to steal the Death Star plans? I don't, I don't know who the, what does Rebels even mean? That's kind of generic. Right. And then now uh, being so in love with that show and so attached to it mm-hmm. and, and Resistance where it started and I had a similar thing where I was like, oh, it's kind of slapsticky. Maybe, maybe not aimed for me. Uh, not that Rebels was, but the, you know, maybe this will be the even younger and then by the end of resistance, I'm fist pumping, you know, while they're defending uh, the Colossus and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that these things are meant to grow and evolve. And maybe we get like a, a half season of these odd jobs. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, we're getting a transmission from, from Bail Organa and he needs mm-hmm. something done. It'll, you know, those little threads that pop up and how, you know, there are, there's always rumors on rumors on rumors. Uh, yeah. And there's yeah. always... Um, uh, talk of what might be quote confirmed, what's not. There's been talk of of characters like Cody popping up. That's interesting. Where it's somebody who, from what we know, did fall in line, perhaps, and maybe there needs to be an emotional um, uh, emotional falling out there. You can explore men like you, Lauren, who, like you said, guys that were on the inside. Um, mm-hmm. Some some of them get forced out, but some of them do anything to stay on the inside. So. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious overall how you feel sort of about that transitionary period and I guess taking it to uh, young Ken, you know, maybe it has mm-hmm. to do with you being an original trilogy kid. Why this period and these people uh, mm-hmm. fascinate you so much? I, I think it is because, yeah, growing up, uh, original trilogy kid, and it is pretty cut and dry. You got the Rebel Alliance, the good team, you got the Empire, the bad team. And you're kind of when you're introduced to it and even though i saw new hope at a drive-in and i'm one i don't remember it i see return of the jedi it's pretty cut and dry uh you know it is remember this is the 1980s so i'm being raised with gi joe cobra autobots decepticons uh rocky ivan drago right (laughs) here it's it's one-to-one one-to-one no shades of gray no this no reflection on your own self everything it's so it's pretty cut and dry um, and then as you slowly, and even in the Return of the Jedi novelization, which, which is, is it's, by James Caan is often overlooked, there's stuff in that. The stuff about Mon Mothma in that novelization factors into Rebels years later. Filoni pulled it out. It's great stuff. You start to realize, like, wow, how, how this Rebel Alliance, it wasn't just an easy decision. And how do, how do they come to the decision? How do they, how do they form an army? And how do they come to the table, but also have different thoughts on how to do it? And maybe not all of, maybe none of the thoughts are wrong, but some of them aren't right. <laughs> you right. Know? Like, and how do you deal with that? And I became fascinated with that. And I'm also fascinated with this idea that as, as it's presented in A New Hope, particularly through the words of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi, old Ben Kenobi, when he's talking about it, 
we know George didn't know if he was going to get another story. George was telling, you know, this movie and trying to get it, get it, get that modern myth out there. When, when Kenobi's talking, you get a sense that this is a long, long, long time ago that the clone war happened and, and Vader fell, even whether you knew it was Luke's father or not. Right. And then as the story goes on, uh, Lucas himself realizes that, kind of put me in a weird spot and now i'm writing myself in a different direction the the leia remember her mother line george doesn't care about his own canon but he comes back with the prequels and when you stop and think wait a minute that was 19 years how did that happen how did things things get forgotten and and how did the 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 rule empire just come in so easily and so i became fascinated with that's it is this weird transition period it wasn't this a hundred year reign uh, it wasn't a 50-year reign. It was 19 years. And so that just, and the galaxy is so big that I love hearing these stories. And that's the value of Solo is it's the rebellion was um, not militaristic. It, you know, it was cultures being destroyed, planets being destroyed, mm-hmm. family structures being destroyed, industries being destroyed. That's interesting. Then Rogue One, it does take on kind of the military thing, the fist pump and Admiratus coming out of hyperspace, identify himself as part of the Rebel Alliance for the first time on a grand scale. Then Rebels fills in all these details. So I'm fascinated by, by that. And then now to take it back to the beginning where it's like, I'm not saying this will be it, but like, hey, remember last week when the Republic was around? Yeah. <laughs> now we got new stationery. What's this? Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to get the origin of the uniforms. We're going to get the uh, My thing. And I, I also love the idea of, you know, it's, it's obviously there's so much going on in the world right now. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. it does sort of poke into your Star Wars fandom. Sure. But I, th- I think about the stories of how this year, a lot of us, you know, I knew what something like a Juneteenth was, um, mm-hmm. but I'd never dove into the history of that and how you don't consider how back then, even just in the States, how word of you're free, the war's mm-hmm. over, this person was assassinated, XYZ happened, how the United States Postal Service of the day, of the 1800s, it would take a couple of years to get state to state. The Bad Batch <laughs> yeah. might go to planets when they look at the Bad Batch and say, the Republic fell? Yeah. You know, the, the emperor who? An emperor? There hasn't been an emperor since the, the old Republic or, or whatever, yeah. you, however way you want to spin it. You might see worlds that are like, whoa, 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 but you can shut down this factory or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's when it starts getting down, that's what I think Solo does so well when you see it on, on this micro level. Uh, that's what I always, you talk about the boot of the empire. I've always said, what, who's the main villain in Solo? It's the empire. Look what it's done. It's fascinating to bring in real world stuff. I had this conversation uh, I think I had it. I can't remember if I had it on air, off air with my, my pal David Moore. We were talking about his uh, his Black Lives Matter film Solidarity, and we're just talking about a lot of the history in the real world. I, I, I say this example: born in 1976. I know I'm I'm old. Um, <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated only eight years prior, right? But everything right. I'd see growing up, and by the 80s, I'm of age where I'm reading history and everything. Everything I'd see of of MLK was uh, black and white footage, right? newsreel footage of, of his, uh, his historic speech and everything. And it was black and white and, and old, right? Right. And so to me, that became ancient history. And this idea of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, uh, didn't we solve racism in the old days, right? Like, I, I've seen the footage, right? He said that great speech and everything's great, right? Yeah, you know, he, 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 was, he was murdered. That, that didn't seem good, but it was, it was all a long time ago. It was eight years prior to my birth. Uh, Facebook will give me a memory that's 12 years old, and it seems like last week to me now. Yeah. So 
history can not just, it's not even just about it being a race, but history can become ancient history really, really fast. So now mm-hmm. take that into Star Wars and sitting around going, hey, didn't we just have this big like kind of civil war thing going on, the, the, all these planets? But I guess we're all good now. What happened to the Jedi? Ah, they're gone. It was like two years ago. Yeah, it's ancient time, man. Yeah, yeah. And that criticism- and play with that? That's been lobbed at, at Force Awakens a little bit is the, well, why would, she, why would she ask a question like, I thought he was a myth? Why would, she, mm-hmm. why would she say something like that if it's only been 30 years and he was such a prominent figure? And I'm like, well, first of all, prominent figure to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necess- I mean, how many people have actually encountered the trio? Uh, mm-hmm. And Chewie and Lando and everyone else, like probably not that many. One and two, right. you look at something like you know. I, I grew up a big fan of that '70s show. That was one of the big sitcoms mm. of when I was a kid, uh, and that '70s show gave you this picture of the colorful, zany '70s that we remember. And you remember, and you look at that period, you know, and you just said where you were born. Yeah, the Nazis were only thirty years prior. It was the same amount of time from. Mm-hmm. Civil War to we haven't really named it, but I guess the Hosnian Cataclysm mm-hmm. and the yeah. sort of conflict. It was the same in-universe amount of time for characters like Ray. So the the picture of that might be, oh yeah, you remember Princess Leia? Oh, she must have been so cool. What what a dream it'd be to meet her with her her buns. That's that might be what characters in that world are saying, and that's yeah. how quickly ideas get diminished and disappeared and all that stuff. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, I, th- I hope that factors in some way to the show of 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 because because I think I hear some people say, and it's correct. Like, well, Palpatine had a lot of history, er- literally erased, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure that's going to be part of it too, and that that's part of the maybe what George was trying to say and all that kind of stuff. But but it's just it's natural we just tend to do that right and and hit time becomes really weird especially the older you get i always talk about my pop culture awakening year was 1987 meaning that's the year i started looking at things as now happening and i'm experiencing it and so my favorite baseball season might be 1987 1986 seems like i'm reading it in an old ancient tomb you know <laughs> like and it's just that's how age and time and everything just works so it really tracks in star wars and that's why you know, I don't want to hype myself up too up and say that Bad Batch is all going to be about this. It, it, it could be, it could not be, but it just seems like this is going to be that they're going to have to deal with that, that they're in this galaxy, not part of what transition that's happening. We're not on board for this. What's going on? And how does it, how does it race? And, and, and to go to the Force Awakens thing, it, I always felt it was so realistic. I always felt that was this great thing because it's so interesting how we all forget because you just said it. it Luke Skywalker's big to us. <laughs> in the yeah. United States of America in 2015 as a citizen watching Star Wars, right? Yeah. We know Luke. Like, that's, you know, I, was, I just did a podcast on Bo Jackson the other day. He seems like a myth. Remember when Bo Jackson would play football and hit home runs and break bats over his knees? Yes. Seems like a long lifetime. Ago. It's like, that was real. I witnessed it. And I can almost yeah. not remember. So yeah. it, it really, and then it's a warning. I thought JJ did great. It's, you, you, you're, you're, you're living under the shadow of what became before. You're living over the generations. And also you're living with this idea of everything just so got back to normal that you didn't know that this big evil was always there and now was coming back to prominence and your apathy towards it, let it come back in. I don't know. That seems like a pretty important big theme. <laughs> yeah, it seems like an important theme. Could it could it possibly be that guys like JJ and Ryan and and you know even down to the TV side, you know, your friends yeah. like like Jen Murrow, could it be possible that 
Star Wars creators nowadays are looking at our world and doing the same thing that George and Irvin and everybody did. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Is it possible that yeah. it's very poignant that a lot of people online are kind of basically general hucks and that yeah. their dads are basically general pride? I'm just throwing <laughs> stuff out there. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's true. I mean, you were you're saying about, you know, Bo Jackson and then Luke and I just got into a conversation the other day uh, about James Cameron and how sometimes, and I, I mean this with all due respect to the man, never met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget that James Cameron exists because mm-hmm. of how long his breaks are and mm-hmm. how since uh, Titanic, I mean, there was, it's only Titanic and Avatar. Yeah, he, I think it's something mm-hmm. like he's only done three features since T2 or something like that or since Aliens. And I'd have, to, I'd have to check the the chronology of that but it's nuts when you think about it that he disappears basically into film myth and then you know he'll come back with his 82 sequels to avatar and uh and we'll all fight about it i'm sure um but the conversation a lot of that will be whoa cameron's back Mm -hmm. there's always a cameron's back type feel you know you know it's it's just interesting how certain people carry that mystique to them Mm. And how, you know, one, one such character that has a, that I didn't want to talk about is, um, is Rex and how Rex mm-hmm. sort of had a, well, Rex is back, you know, when they brought yeah. him and Gregor and Wolf into um, Rebels. Do you think mm-hmm. that that transition into um, squalor and, and, and sadness with hiding away is going to be part of the show? Do you, do you see it being a, a heavier piece than some of the stuff we've gotten before? I think potentially, and I think if it's on Disney Plus, it doesn't, you know, Mandalorian, I'd say skewed older, right? Except for the child didn't. Um, so I think it's potential for the Bad Batch to more directly deal with some of these big themes. But again, Rebels does too. I'm in the middle of a Rebels rewatch and being re-blown away by that show just with what they're dealing with. Um, so, and and then Resistance too, which, yeah, I was with you too. I, I still think Resistance sometimes is 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 skewed a little younger but then the way it ended and that only two seasons but it ended some really big punches right big emotional punches big uh, thematic punches and so this will do that so will will the right away could they deal with rex where you pick up uh you know at the end of clone wars and and uh, what's going on and it seems like he'd be he wouldn't see ahsoka for during this time period and all this kind of stuff and and yeah i, I i'd like to see like to see a little bit of the the dealing with the war and what it did to him um and can he join is he offered you know is he is did the bad batch does the bad batch find him echo find him and say hey come with us and then he doesn't want to do it and there's some scars of war there I, I don't know i'm fascinated by that idea and 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 looking at the myth of rex and and and, and really getting to the nuts and bolts of him during this time yeah absolutely and and you know you threw out the idea just then of of offering to rex uh, either a, a position on the team or whatever, especially with Echo and their goodbye of, I know the path you have to take. And my friend, goodbye, this is what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you could sort of have an inverse of that. But on the darker side of things, it could be reaching out to guys like Wolf and, and realizing that they're monsters now and you have yeah. to bring them back. And you have to bring right. them back from, from, the, from the brink. They could still be under the influence of the chip. We could explore mm-hmm. things like that of... You know, obviously, Jesse did not get to live to see um, the days after the Clone Wars. It, it, 
do you think that something like that is, uh, I guess too sci-fi would be the phrase I'm looking for of, of exploring like what's the, what makes a man and a man after you've been used that way? No, I, I think, um, yeah, we, and you know what you mean? Like we always say Star Wars isn't necessarily sci-fi. It's, it's definitely more fantasy. George would say so too, but like the, the, the ideas behind it are, are somewhat, same as sci-fi is, is supposed to be a way to look at us now by using another lens. And I think Star Wars could just do what you, you said uh, and, and get into, you know, the, all the chip and the, you know, we did what we did, but we didn't do what we did because we didn't have control of it. Or how do we, how did we fight that? How do we recover from that? What the blood on your hands? What, what if some of these clones that we know and love did kill Jedi and they realize it or they're faced with it. And what's the reaction to that? Uh, that's, um, that's the kind of stuff I'd love to, I'd love to see, uh, you know, among some whippy one-liners and some great firefights, you know? Oh, absolutely. I need to see about 30 more scenes of, yeah. uh, you know, the sniper rifle mm-hmm. bolt blasting and bouncing down the hallway and taking out 20 different guys. I mean, th- that was one of the moments where I, at 3 a.m., just had to slow clap, just me and yeah, yeah. us. Uh, that, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, you know, talking about the, we did, um, what we did, but we didn't do what we did because mm. one of the things that, you know, you and I are both consumers of the canon, but at the same time, it's important sometimes to acknowledge that canon is a story glue, but it is not story beats necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I tweeted out today, uh, I did this thing on Twitter, which has been, which has been fun, which is for every person that likes the tweet, I'll give you a controversial Star Wars opinion. And it's caused <laughs> some, some fun Star Wars conversations, mostly because I've curated to the point where I don't really have a lot of toxic people, which is definitely the way to go. Mute liberally. (laughs) And uh, one of the ones I did today was I don't care even one iota that Ahsoka's lightsaber color contradicts a novel because it can be fixed in a a reprint and because it was thematically important that they were blue for Mm -hmm. that goodbye. And I think that one of the things tying in with our clones uh, that people got hung up on is the well, but Rex said he didn't betray his Jedi, and, and he right. did, uh, he, and he did do it, Dave. He, you know, yeah. I, I know better about Rex, even though you made him. Uh, yeah, there, there was that. And then Dave, I love his interviews with people like Ash Crossan and, mm-hmm. and uh, Amy Radcliffe, where he says, well, you got to keep in mind, A, he's an older man, and B, he doesn't owe Kanan the details of his life. And, right. he, and he is saying probably the thing that he has said to himself to cope. And, yeah. and how many people will have to justify the things that they do or have done to themselves in this period. And that, that yeah. to me is what I love about the 19 years. Cause I don't yeah. think I have a favorite era overall, but the more mm-hmm. I realized, and which is why I specifically went to you about this announcement to talk about it is because trying to make sure that we can all sleep at night mm-hmm. is kind of the thread of the 19 year period where you look at Kira, mm-hmm. you know, the, the things I've done in certain mm-hmm. vague music, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the Han, you don't know that type of stuff. And Saw Gerrera yeah. looking at Mon Mothma and saying, no, 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 I did what I had to do. And just because you don't like it, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it didn't have to be done. People like Cassian, people like Enfin. Yeah. Every single person is just trying to make sure that they can get to the next day. I mean, you and I are both wrestling mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. I, I always think about that famous Paul E promo uh, on Vince where Paul Heyman said, I'm a promoter. I have yeah. always just tried to make sure I could get to the next day. 
which is the goal of wrestling, get them to the next match, the next event, the next uh, ticket buying day that's built into its core. I love what you said. There's some great stuff here. And, and one of my favorite things, because I think particularly early on uh, going into force awakens and even coming out of it, we, we had a lot of fun. And I, I never want to take that side of the fun way of going, um, what's that thing? What does that connect to? Again, these what's and how's are great questions to ask, but why is the more important question in Star Wars? Why, why, is, why is that there? Why did Palpatine come back? I just had a conversation with a friend the other day. Positive conversation. It was a good interaction. Uh, he was actually the first wrestler I managed actually 20 years ago. He said he doesn't like Rise of Skywalker or Last Jedi. And, and um, he just like, I just don't like the Emperor came back off screen. And I'm not going to take that away from him, but I just like, it's a, it's not, that's a what and a how. It's the why. And along that path, and I'm getting to a point here. Sorry, I'm rambling. Alvin. <laughs> I haven't had lunch yet today. Um, the thing you're talking about, Rex, or the lightsabers, uh, it's, easily, it's easy to be like, it doesn't connect. Her lightsaber color change. Just let the creators tell the story. But also, characters, characters' dialogue is, are not facts. They're not facts if you're doing your job as a writer. And yeah. I love what you're saying. Uh, I have to go find the felony things exactly of, we all kind of can do that. We, the, our stories are what we remember them to be, not what they are. I, I worked in an industry for 17 years where I can tell you, unfortunately, I never interviewed a witness that was right 100% of the time. Never happened. Never happened. The human mind is a weird thing. Powerful thing. It's a weird thing. And uh, I love that take on it. It's very realistic. And then I, I remember what you, when, when Obi-Wan thinking Luke's the chosen one. Um, think about that Rebels episode with him yeah. and Maul, right? There's some things. And I remember there's some conversations of, uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. Is Luke the chosen one? Because George has, and I even wrote about that in Why We Love Star Wars. The Who is the chosen one is a fun conversation. That's part of the reason I love Star Wars. But the answer is Anakin. George, George has been pretty clear. But I love that there's characters who are like, I don't know who this George Lucas guy is, but I don't agree with him. Yeah. That's fun conversation. That's the fun. things that I've seen, you know, the things that I've yeah. done. I mean, I actually just got into this conversation. It was a completely respectful uh, debate with a friend, and, and it was it was public on Twitter, so everybody can read it if they if they follow yeah. me. And, that, and if you do, I appreciate it. Um, but it was the the Anakin stuff of you know he tweeted me a clip of George, and I'm like, yes, but melding George Lucas's decisions mm-hmm. pre making this animated series that threw so much extra meat on top of this meal uh, with the actual meal itself is difficult, especially when he made the conscious choice to allow other storytellers to inform things. You know, what, what Obi-Wan thinks and, you know, Mark Hamill says that he, and I guess Ryan believe that Luke believes that Ben Solo was the chosen one. And right. what does the Bendu think? The father clearly thinks that Anakin was the chosen one and believes it as such. But in that same arc, Anakin falls and shows all of his fallibility. But you know who didn't? Ahsoka. Why is something from that world still following her around in the form of Morai? Fallibility is the force of Star Wars, which has been sort of the theme of my life for the past few weeks. Is That's all I've been thinking about is the amount of people that are wrong. And, yeah. and this period is perfect for that. I mean, you look at another story, which we haven't mentioned for the boot of the empires fallen order yeah. and, and the character of seer. And even, even to a lesser extent, grease of, mm-hmm. you know, their, their whole thing is we're on this ship because life sucks, Cal, right. life right. sucks and your life sucks. And you know how we could suck a little less if you joined us and if we could chip away at this 
Yeah. And, and Seer is haunted throughout the game by a villain she is directly responsible for yeah. uh, in, in the saddest way. So I, I love what you're touching on here of, of how many people uh, in this time period are, are mm. trying to create their own truths. Yeah. Yeah. And I said it and to deal with it, to get by, to survive. I like how you said, uh, you know, just get to sleep at night. Uh, and that, that might have been something Rex told himself. And 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 in direct reference to what happened with Ahsoka. Well, I I didn't I didn't do it. I did I did not kill my Jedi. That's true from a certain point of view. And he's got to tell himself that doesn't make Rex bad or wrong. No. Just makes him real. And Star Wars, we always hear we want these uh, you know modern pop culture fandom. We love these shades of gray. Thanks George R. R. Martin, and you and I love them too. Uh, we can we can talk about supposed villains and and how they actually have good qualities or sympathetic stories and bad decisions that come out of that. And it's fascinating case study. And I thought there was a lot of that with Kylo actually, quite frankly, but um, it, it, it sometimes I don't think we give star Wars <laughs> that leeway. I don't know. No, I, I don't think bad, people, you know? I definitely don't think people do either. And, you know, and like you said, that characters are not, um, they are not spewing facts. I mean, they are, they're in it for a reason. And if they were always right, uh, then it wouldn't be nearly as interesting. I mean, the Bad Batch, I mean, the Game of Thrones brand, I mean, as we record this, I'm wearing a, a Brienne of Tarth shirt. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm always, I, I think about these worlds and how they connect and Lord of the Rings too and Harry Potter and all these things. Uh, when the Bad Batch announcement came and I read that press release and went through my, my thoughts on it, uh, if you can hear my dog barking, by the way, she's got it's, lots of thoughts. On, uh, she's barking up a storm, and I love it. I love so it. so many thoughts on Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. and her her name's her name's Buffy. So even oh. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. Um, there there's seven, seventh sister. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's these these um, these threads of the side character perspectives, and when mm-hmm. I saw the Bad Batch, I immediately thought, well, this would be like giving the Brotherhood of Banners their own show, and mostly because yeah. I'm a huge Mark and Shill for Barrick. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. you look at Beric Dondarrion and, and Melisandre and basically everybody with an iota of faith in that world. And it's like, we could all be wrong. We could all be right. We could all be some shade of right. We could all be right at the same time. I mean, I just rewatched the pilot uh, with, with my girlfriend, Aaron. Mm. Um, and because she's only seen the show one time. She, we just burned through the entire show. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And she, it was after Game of Thrones ended. So she just got it all in one shot. Wow. And now we're going to do the slow rewatch where now you know everything. So now you pick up on little things. And oh yeah, that scene with Ned and Kat where Ned, you know, in, in, in the Godswood just sort of gives her that remark of like, oh, it's your gods. Wink, wink. <laughs> like, haha, my wife. Like, we yeah. had different gods. Isn't that cute? Like, that type of stuff is is inherent in Star Wars too. Of, mm-hmm. For Rex and Kanan, you know, in that rift, this Bad Batch show could set that up because at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, Kanan, you went through hell, but I did too. Like, I couldn't mm. stop my body. Like, mm. I, I was crying, trying to not fire at this young woman mm. who I basically helped raise. And, mm. and, it's, and we were family, and I think that all of that is, is extremely valid. And mm. who knows what kind of dark note this could start on for these particular guys because they were brought in for mm. the worst of the worst in this war. Yeah which is interesting and, and what it means for, I mean, I'd be interested to know, you know, I, I would, we'd have to talk to people, you know, like Athena Portillo and, and Dave and all these different creators of, are they talking to veterans 
for this show? Mm. Like, are they, you know, sometimes consultants mm. get brought in for these different projects? Like, it, mm. it, it'd be really interesting uh, to know that sort of perspective. I, yeah, and I think I've, I've heard a Dave clip where he said that he's had a lot of veterans approach him on the Clone War uh, series and just been like, you, you kind of touched on some stuff, which, it, which is, again, fa- fascinating to me because this is Star Wars, and uh, I, I do love that side. Uh, I, I love, and not only because I just grew up playing with cool Kenner toys that I pew-pew-pew around my front yard, but now that we can dig a little deeper and what it means and now that factors into all stuff. And I think the Bad Batch... This, the, it really could be it's going to be fun i think it's going to be funny and it's going to have those great moments but it, it wouldn't be star wars if it didn't have some of these bigger things behind it and so that's you're asking some great stuff man uh, and I, I, I i'm more excited for the show than i even thought even when i started this interview and i was already getting excited no definitely man yeah i mean working it out i mean it's it's sort of selfish uh what we do especially in quarantine of, of star wars podcasting and geek podcasting in general because we are looking to each other um, to bounce things off of. And so we can sort of keep ourselves energized in a certain way. Right, because right. if I was, if I was just left with the logo and I couldn't talk to you and other friends, I would just be like, well, I guess we're waiting now. Like, well, go, <laughs> go watch solo again, I guess. Like it, it, I wouldn't have yeah. a, but now it's like the show can already live in a sort of way. Yeah. Um, it can already begin its life i mean and that's something that dave and everyone at lucasfilm has laughed about i mean people can go back a couple episodes ago i had uh, mickey capaferi on from lucasfilm mm-hmm. talking about jedi temple challenge mm-hmm. and how there were fans of keller and beck before the show just because ahmed would do yeah. some posts about him now yeah. there's going to be and i'm sure mm-hmm. there will be new characters in this show too and so there's going to be uh fandoms for those characters and as we get footage and at the time of this recording it's a july so we're probably a short while away from mando season two footage so that's yeah that's being part of of star wars fandom yeah and and, and that's what's so fun about this new era is you know because i hear a lot and i understand it I'm, i don't push back against it of uh i'd like them to go to new eras and we're gonna get that with like high republic and the, the publishing side and i'm all I, I totally get that but i love this era because there's so much and the galaxy is so big that you're going to be in a familiar territory yes but you're going to learn new characters, new people, and, and, and how that inter- interacts and how their perspective on a situation can cause you to think about something a little different. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about the Martez sisters in, in season seven of Clone Wars. And there's these two new characters that were very new that they actually put over an old, old, uh, another character that was, you know, um, uh, the design, and I think it was a, a boy, if I'm not Yeah, it's like character. one guy. I forget his name, too, but yeah. So it becomes these Martez sisters. And then you have this amazing new perspective from their point of view on, on the Jedi, the galaxy and all those kind of things. So characters like that could fuel into it. And the bad batch isn't just going to be those five clones going around wrecking shop in the galaxy. And, and now we have new potential for new characters, new points of view, new perspectives, new characters with glasses so that you can connect with them even more. And I think that's what's, that's what I love about modern star Wars is it's just continues to expand the galaxy and continues to reach new people in the real world and then they can grow up or grow, grow up, but grow with star Wars. And I think that's so powerful, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we, as we uh, wind down here, you know, I'll repeat it for the thousandth time. Like I've said uh, on this show, just like how on, on force center, you've got your, your catchphrases and uh, we don't get sick of tired, uh, sick and tired of hearing them, even though you might think <laughs> so sometimes uh, in a, in a self deprecating type way, star Wars, sure. star Wars is a tapestry. And I've said that a thousand times on Octo radio. Uh, and every single time you add something to it, everything changes, whether you like it or not, 
Uh, I mean, you can choose to only engage with the ones that you like, and that's great. And honestly, some of you probably should because that would make you happier. Um, but <laughs> yeah. at, at the end of the day, um, you know, I talked uh, on, on Twitter and with some other friends about a quote like do or do not um, mm-hmm. or about, you know, the chosen one or about uh, any number of, of things that were said and, and ideas that were introduced. None of them can be the same if we keep making this stuff. If we had wrapped it up at six movies, then we could have more hard and fast talks. Or if yeah. we had just made sequels and then wrapped it again, we could have more hard and fast talks. We just can't now. Nothing yeah. about Obi-Wan saying, you know, uh, you know, I was a Jedi Knight the same as your father and mentioning the Clone Wars. None of that can stay the same as, as long as we keep telling these stories. And now, you know, let's say Bad Batch goes five seasons. You know, if we talk in, in 2030 and we've wrapped up Bad Batch and we've wrapped up Rebels 2, whatever it's going to be called, yeah. you'll never be able to watch Clone Wars or Rebels the same way again. And you have to allow yourself to do that. I mean, you and, and Joseph mm-hmm. Scrimshaw uh, and Jennifer Landa have talked on Force Center about going into the end of the sequels mm-hmm. and saying, oh man, Force Awakens and Last Jedi are about to change. And, yeah. and that's something that you just have to accept i mean squadrons is coming that's going to change that's going to change force awakens maybe potentially right. you know just by yeah. sheer virtue of where it is well it's gonna you know it'll, it'll add new wrinkles to return of the jedi uh you know i'm reading Shadowfall, and you get some mentions uh, and then um god by the way just as i read this one there's a there's a the first little paragraph or two that really really hooked me into Shadowfall. i'm, I'm just started the book was uh them talking about the emperor and vader and what people knew about these ghosts of the galaxy so to speak and who mm-hmm. they were it's, it's fascinating stuff and that gives you a new perspective on return of the jedi the first right. one i saw in theaters that i remember seeing so i find that fun other people don't i think i i think you really you just really said something uh, really great there about just like it it could have been the same it was i gr- i grew up in an era where those first three Four, five, and six, that was it. And everything else was just fun playground conversations of what ifs. And then you took all your facts from that. And then, you know, it, it just changes and gets re, recontextualized. And, and then it becomes fun. And I l- love going back to season one in Game of Thrones and going, oh, that means that now, now that I yeah. know the whole story. Oh, yeah. I mean, I so always go to, yeah. to, uh, it's a terrible thing, a Targaryen alone in the world. And then, <laughs> cut to john like now i watch that and i'm like it's a that's what they're doing and and just the 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 litany of moments that are are that way in star wars i mean just grows and Mm -hmm. grows and grows i mean i i was in the era after your era but that was similar in the way that we both experienced the drought the great drought the "Eh, i guess it's over i was you know a kid revenge of the sith then i saw it saw it a few more times and then i guess i'll play kotor again like that's i all right no oh force unleashed this is mom mom force unleashed is like is like star wars 7 like yeah george george said this one counts you know i remember (laughs) saying i remember saying that to all my friends that would listen in middle school george said this one counts uh spoiler alert it did not count um but but here we are so but it's great yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i I wish we could have ron howard uh narrate Mm -hmm. the story of star wars the brand as well as yeah uh, as well as in universe, like um, they did over on Star Wars yeah, show. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So any any final thoughts here on on what's going on with uh, with Bad Batch? I mean, are we going to pay yeah. D. Bradley Baker five checks? 
we probably should. Yeah, I had that thought of like, well, Dee Bradley uh, should be going unless, you know, unless they want to bring in some, I mean, there will be, there's going to be, you know, uh, an ample cast around those characters, obviously, but uh, and he, did, he did such a good job with those characters and really had fun. You could tell for the first time it was like, he's, I get to really kind of be, uh, use different voices. So I think that's great. Uh, I know overall I'm, I'm excited, man, uh, because it's new Star Wars and I just don't, you know, even Jedi Temple Challenge. I love watching that every week because it's it's not Keller and Beck's canon and uh, some of the characters, but it's not not tied to this. What does this all mean? It's just tied to these fun moments celebrating Star Wars that could lead to other things and change some things. And I'd love uh, uh, you know a story with Keller and Beck somewhere in it, and and it'll be great. So Bad Batch, uh, even though initially I was like, okay, I don't know if I necessarily see, want to see five more clones uh, going at it, but all right, we got some potential here. And by the way, it's just new Star Wars because, like you just said. We all, at some point, whether whatever your entry point in Star Wars was, at some point, you thought it wrapped up, and that was kind of a bummer because you always kind of wanted more, and now we got it. Yeah, and it's going to come at you sideways, and the word plans gets thrown around way too much, but sometimes in the wrong ways. But, guys, there is sometimes, I know, I know you, a lot of you don't want to believe this, but sometimes there is a little bit of a positive plan going on and you know it's been said i think by by pablo i think you guys have mentioned on force center sometimes you plan in pencil and that's great um bad batch and cassian both being in the same era and coming out in the same year i don't think that's a coincidence personally and if it is it's a it's a big happy accident who knows what they can do there so maybe you're more excited for one than the other and that's okay but we want you to let us know um what you are excited for um, way more so than we want you to let us know what you're not, because uh, I'm in quarantine. Yeah. I don't need that. Um, yeah. so, so, so Ken, uh, tell everybody where they can find you on uh, on all the different shows um, and the different feeds and discords and, and bookshops yeah. everywhere. All the stuff, man. And the easiest thing is to go to KenNapsack.com. That'll link you to everything uh, you need if you want to follow me if you haven't heard me uh, talk Star Wars before hey happy to do it uh, ha- always happy to do it and thank you for having me on Alden uh, but uh, go listen to me Joseph Scrimshaw and, and Jennifer Landa uh, at some point coming back but always got the archive stuff and she's still part of our, our show and our brand um, uh, out for a bit but uh, she'll be back uh, go to Force Center Force Center Pod on Twitter and uh, just uh, dive on into the big themes and lessons of Star Wars and you mentioned it and thank you for mentioning it uh, two things that you mentioned. Uh, yeah, I wrote the book Why We Love Star Wars, a fun little uh, bunch of love letters to Star Wars that's available wherever you can uh, buy books. And if you're at a shop and they don't have it, first of all, I hope you have a mask on if you're in a shop. Second, <laughs> just ask them. They can order it. But I did just launch another podcast feed because why stop? Um, it's uh, called Box Score Heroes. Uh, I've always been a giant, passionate baseball fan, and it just kind of got pushed to the back a little bit over the last few years doing all this Star Wars and Game of Thrones chatting, which I love doing and continue to do. But I'm reconnecting with my love of baseball, and it's now in a podcast feed. So much like how I celebrate Star Wars and Game of Thrones, I'll be celebrating baseball over on Box Score Heroes. It's up now. There we go, guys. Thank you so much to Ken. And again, uh, follow him uh, on all social media platforms. Check out all the different podcast feeds. And then as for this show and me personally, you can find me uh, at AD underscore Strider on Twitter at A period D period Strider on Instagram. And then this show everywhere podcasts are found or on all social media at A-H-C-H-T-O radio. That's Octo Radio. We're going to send Ken back into his... uh, into his shuttle. I don't know if they were still Lambda class by the time of the sequels, but who knows? Uh, and uh, you, you probably know better than I do with, with the trip. I thought it was, skills. you just get beamed up, right? That's this one, right? You just get beamed up to the ship? Yeah, 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 yeah okay. totally, totally. And then, 
And then we, yeah. we're, we're going to keep crossing over. We'll bring in Alan Rickman and Tim Allen. And, and, and <laughs> I, cause, cause that's, that's the Star Trek movie. That's my, my favorite. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so this has been uh, an epic episode. Um, uh, Ken is officially part of this show's bad batch. We'll have to do some tryouts for, for three yeah. more members uh, and we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, we'll close this episode with that classic call to adventure as we always do stay safe. Everybody wear your masks, punch it, Chewie.